Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason de Molay. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Welcome to Tinfoil Tales. I'm Sandy. And I am semicolon sauce underscore. <laughs> yep, it's time to talk about the people we colloquially know as sobsits. You know who they are. They babble on about fictitious queens and straw men and traveling in carriages and a lack of jurisdiction. We most certainly aren't experts in this space, but we are going to try to demonstrate that there are lots of different practitioners of these beliefs. And whilst they are all kind of believe the same thing, they have very different ways of applying it. It's a good moment to be covering this in light of what happened in Queensland, and it's important to understand that not all people we hear in the streams talking about corrupt governments are the trains. We're also not sure sovereign citizen is the right thing to collectively call them either, because they are right when they say you can't be sovereign and a citizen, which gives them an easy way out when they are being discussed or questioned. Pseudo-law adherent is a more international recognised term that we should all try to adopt, especially here in Australia. Sovereign citizen applies more so to America. Okay, let's quickly try and recap the basics. This is not an in-depth explanation by any stretch of the imagination. There will definitely be a few bits that I will get wrong, but it should be enough for us to all get in the right headspace. Okay, So, when you're born, your parents register your birth, thereby creating your slave or straw man. Not the real you, the paper you, the corporate you, the you that allows the government to send you fines or issue you with bills. It's your capital letters name. Right. (laughs) Once you become a slave, well then, the corporation can now deal with you through contracts which is how they do it on the sea under maritime admiralty law. They create a contract using your straw man and you accept it whenever you answer their questions or even agreeing when they say your name because it's not you. It's you, the piece of paper, not you, the person. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You don't want to live under their law of the sea, their admiralty law, We want to live on the land, to live under common law, which is based on common sense, where the only way you break the law is by doing harm to others, doing harm to property, or not doing the right thing in a contract. Are you with me so far, Sandy? Yeah, yeah, actually, you are making sense here. (laughs) The other thing to remember about admiralty law is their tricky use of language, of legalese rather than English. Why understand really means stand under, and why traveling is a better word than driving. Ah, you'll often hear them say or see them write online, inner stand, instead. 
I bet you've all seen or heard that a few times. It's understand, not understand. Correct. So how do you stop the corporation being able to enslave you? Easy. You just don't contract with it. You don't recognize anything that has your paper name on it. No capital letters, guys. And if you do end up in court, well, you just don't enter their jurisdiction. You stay in the public gallery. You never approach the bar. You never stand in the dock. Because if you do, you'll have boarded their ship. (laughs) Instead, you say things like, I am a living person with common law jurisdiction. You ask where the injured party is or tell them you want a jury of your peers. You question their jurisdiction. And that, my friends, is how you get away with everything. Excellent. That's it. I'm a living woman and will no longer be paying any rates, any rego, any tax, nothing. Nada. Zippo. That's it. That's a good overview, actually. Obviously, there's a lot more stuff about how the Pope claimed everyone's souls, how the Australian government is a corporation registered on the US Stock Exchange, something about the Queen of Australia, something else about flags. You get the picture. It's broad and complex and sounds amazing if you believe it. And to help you believe it, you can register for seminars. You can get ebooks, you can attend Zoom sessions, or for a fee, of course. Of course there's a fee. So what we thought we would do for this episode is a bit of a segmentation, some groupings of our own to keep us on track and to highlight the different approaches taken to achieve the same end goal, the removal of the fictitious government and the installation of we the people government. If someone could actually explain what a we the people government is and how it would actually work at some point, that would actually be amazing. <laughs> it's, I think it's something to do with the Americans and their constitution, but let's keep going. Oh, because this is global. In this bag, this belongs right, to the I people. Now, right? It's been hidden that Scotland holds the power. Scotland holds the power. We have to restore the rule of law in Edinburgh before it can go anywhere else in the world. So you are the pe- so we're here at Edinburgh Castle, we're taking our power back today. There's going to be, we're in Edinburgh Castle, we have seized the building, we are here, we are peaceful, we are sovereign people. Okay, I had to put that one in there, obviously. It, it was just a, it's just a nice reflection of my homeland. So anything, anything to do with, um, with Scotland and and all of that is very funny. That was Edinburgh Castle, so that, that was just very funny. <laughs> it is. Okay, let's go. So let's start with what we're going to call the purists. These are the guys who've been in this for years and have almost become the statesmen. First up, the granddaddy of them all, Wayne Glue. So Wayne has been at this for years and years. He's been in and out of courts contesting everything from registration to paying tax, challenging the WA state government around acting unlawfully, And of course, the most famous one, council rates. He has been declared a vexatious litigant and has actually created precedents relied on by the court. Not good precedents, by the way. (laughs) Precedents (laughs) that prove everything that he says is actually not true. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How many times do you hear people tell others to just stop paying their rates? That's what Wayne did. In fact, he ended up owing the council $300,000 in rates and legal costs. So basically, Wayne used the Magna Carta defence in court, and I mean every court all the way up to the top, in an effort to prove his point. 
but his point was lost and he now lives in a van down by the river. (laughs) The string of lost cases doesn't diminish his relevance and he continues to be held up as an expert in the application of the Constitution. Here he is raising issues with the Victorian Health Minister, Brett Sutton. Good morning again for the third time. I just watched a video from a mutt named Sutton claiming to be the Health Minister of Victoria. He's just come from the Parliament apparently and they've changed their laws again, but they're not laws. They are made by a registered company calling itself the Victorian government. This Sutton is a brain dead fool. You don't like what I'm saying, Sutton, sue me for defamation and I'll prove you're an idiot, a liar and a traitor to this country. Oh, Wayne, if you're going to talk about someone, do your research to work out who he is. Don't you think you would look up Brett Sutton first to discover that he wasn't actually the health minister, but you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this thing about governments being registered businesses or corporations, what's that all about? Well, basically, they believe that having an ABN is evidence of a corporation, and they make a really, really big deal about it, whereas what it really shows is a lack of basic understanding as to how businesses actually work. So if you have any kind of business expenditure, or if anyone needs to pay you some money, then you need an ABN. It doesn't make the government a corporation, and that's been proven in a court of law. Like, that, that's just how it is, but, you know, corporations. Now, lately, Wayne's gotten himself in a bit of a pickle. He posted a series of videos on Facebook where he used a little bit of threatening language and kind of said maybe people should, I don't know, arrest some politicians, including Mark McGowan, allegedly. Good morning. This video starts with a notification to Mark McGowan and every single political party in this country. This is not a threat. This is the people's right to stand up and remove garbage from its parliaments. You are filthy, lying traitors. You've lied to the people for long enough and you're not getting away with it any longer. Can we retaliate? Yes. This is the 800th anniversary of Magna Carta. It's in full force. And to me, shut your mouth. You have no idea what you're talking about. You can blab on as a professor saying it's no longer relevant. You're a liar. It is because to sit in your position and say what you're saying, you're lying now. Mark McGowan and the Federal Police and the State Police, you swear your oath to serve the people even though your oath is a load of garbage and does not put you in a position of authority in this country, you're enforcing authority using the police as thugs. That's going to stop. What has transpired over the last few months is I've sent out documents and people have signed them. That's taken them out from under your Admiralty garbage law and put them inside the Commonwealth held to the Constitution and the common law, which is the common law, comes in this country under Clause 2 and 5 of our Constitution. It does not 
empower you for any reason. There is no state cabinet. That is treason. There is no national cabinet. That is blatant treason by a paid idiot who sits at the top and decides he's going to run this country. You are not. You are not. You understand that? <clears throat> now, we have objectors to arrest, charge, secure and imprison as many lockdown politicians as possible in each Australian state, Liberal, Labor, Greens, Nationals and any other lockdown politicians and seizure of their wealth and property. Do we have that right? Yes, we do. Under Clause 61 of Magna Carta. This state is lawfully locked down as far as political parties go because you're under seizure under Clause 61 of Magna Carta. We have the authority. We can do it with or without a warrant. You understand that? And we can send it by video and or documents, arrest powers, and this is our authority, arrest powers, the Crimes Act 1914 Commonwealth, 3WA, arrest powers without warrant by constables. Obviously, we're not constables. 3Z, arrest powers without warrant by other persons, which is us, the people. It states that. 3ZA, warrants for arrest. We can fill them out and do them and sign them as sworn officers of the Crown. You cannot prevent that, but you must. You are required, police, both federal and state, to arrest these peanuts, these traitors, for the crimes they're going to commit against us by forcibly forcing us to have vaccines. Forcibly. Now, you understand what I'm talking about. You had better listen. I'm not mad. I don't suffer from any mental disease. I'm just reading the facts out of our law against the lies, treason and fraud by political parties. Now, Section 15AA means bail will not be granted under any circumstances to any person arrested. So either you take them into custody or we do. If we lock them in a tin shed, boo-hoo, get over yourself, it's our rights. You must uphold our rights. You swore an oath to serve us. We are the people. We are the Commonwealth. Abide by our law, not rules, regulations, acts, statutes and lies by political parties. But that, my friends, did not go down well. You don't have any paperwork which is lawful. When? I know who state security are. They've yep. been monitoring my computer and my phone for ages yep. and I gave them yeah, access. No so you have no authority on this property. Good morning, Mr. Glue. My name's Jeff Foley from the State I'm Security Investigation Glue. Group. I'm not Mr. Glue. I'm not Mr. Glue. My name is Wayne. Okay. Wayne. Wayne. As ruled by the Supreme Court. Cool. There's your copy of the search warrant, Wayne. For At this what? point in time, you're under arrest under suspicion I'm of incitement not under arrest to commit an indictable offence. Indictable offence of what? Incitement to commit indictable offence. Of what? Deprivation of liberty. Of who? At this point in time, you're under arrest. For what? Okay. Incitement no. to commit indictable Do you have the evidence there? No, that's a copy of your search warrant. Okay. Hang on a tick. Because this is nonsense and you know it. This is an attempt to shut me up from teaching the truth. No, not at all. Yes, it is. Where's the... Hang on. Let's go with him, Lewis. Well, you can take it and go. That's not signed by anybody. Okay, it's not signed by anybody and you know it. The copy of the search warrant isn't signed by the JP, it's blacked out. I've got the original copy of the search warrant, which is signed it? by the Justice of the Peace. Where is it? In the car. 
Can okay. I have a look, please? No, that's your copy. That's what you're entitled to have. <laughs> no, no. Okay. All right, we're going to do a search right your own way, so I'll get you to come with me, please. So that no, no, no. Wayne is still awaiting his day in court, but this time the L he's about to take could be a big one. Okay, next up, my favourite, the King of Australia. So old mate Steve Spears is another one that's been at this for a very long time. Back in 2014, he was actually in court for hindering police in relation to a very minor traffic charge. He recorded his interactions and uploaded it to his YouTube channel and was subsequently <laughs> arrested uh, for doing that. So then when he was next in court, he wouldn't even acknowledge who he was and ended up spending three months on remand and actually declared himself a political prisoner, which is very ah, funny. Ah, yeah. right. So he, Monica Smith hasn't been the only Correct. She does prisoner. like to say that she is Australia's uh, Mandela, but I think you'll find <laughs> Stephen Spears is actually. Is actually. Right. Right. <laughs> this is a little bit complex. Stephen's application of the theory revolves around a vacant crown one that has Australia achieving sovereignty as a result of the Anzac's sacrifice, resulting in a kingdom being established with a throne sitting empty at the Shrine of Remembrance in Melbourne, awaiting a king. But then Edward VIII abdicated, which saw a counterfeit monarchy set up with the St. Edward's crown as opposed to the imperial crown, which was all a big setup to allow Queen Elizabeth to take back dominion of the Kingdom of Australia. And that, my friends, sounds a lot like treason. Oh, Lord. But isn't Stephen himself the King of Australia? Yes, he is, Sandy. In 2020, Stephen announced that he was the King of Australia and began issuing proclamations as you would do if you made yourself the King of Australia. So the other thing about Stephen is he can hold a grudge. The list of people he considers mortal enemies is long, very long. Even poor Thanos got in his crosshairs. Thanos, I don't like what you're doing, buddy. I really don't. You've got an ego like... A hot air balloon. You're going to hit cold air at some point and fall out of the sky like um, Ithacus and his wax wings. You keep pushing people into wanting to protest and you've got really no idea why this government's doing what it's doing. So I'd like to question you as to what you are doing by making all these video phone calls with everyone trying to make my country belligerent without... in educating them on their federal red ensign. Obviously, you're all locked down in Victoria, and it's not very nice to be locked down in Victoria, so you're all at home making these videos. And you're planning to go out of those rooms and protest. You don't want to stand in the lawful right that was given to you under this flag by your ANZAC. You don't want to comprehend that. You, you just want to raise a large group of people, make them go into the city and protest. But you haven't thought about what happens during or after this protest. Have you, Thanos? Like I said, it's a long list. And with all videos or most of the videos we're going to show today of the King of Australia, if you're wondering what the background noise is, picture this. He's ranting into his phone 
while sitting in the bush. <laughs> no car ranting for the king. And he does it like on like this strange angle as well. Like he holds his phone very differently to everyone else. And he has like the strangest way of talking, like his actual uh, language and, and the the way, he, the way he speaks, I find him mesmerizing. A lot of people find him scary. I just find him mesmerizing. <laughs> I think you undermined the man that gave you all the research to the point where you've lost your way and you don't know my fucking research. You've undermined me so badly over the last 11 years, I have no want to give you the answers anymore. You fucked up so bad in Canberra, you declared war against the United Nations instead of coming to self-determination as a people. You are fucking You're dangerous. You're stupid. I want nothing more to do with you anymore. If you want to do the right thing, my website has my bank details on it. Why don't you all go fucking throw a dollar for every flag you fly so that I can get on with my life? You used me, you abused me, you manipulated me, you stole my fucking work and you got it wrong and you continue to get it wrong. Isn't that right? Glenn Bowley, Brett Payne, Rod Cullerton, Wayne Glue, Sue Maines, Romley Stewart. None of you can get to work right, and you fucked your country in the process. But there's someone who really gets on his nerves, someone he believes has stolen his work and called it his own. Right, this is literally the last video I'm going to do. My name's Steve. I spent 15 years of my life fighting the government to give you the flag that you're all flying today. You're all flying a flag with no authority, I'm sorry to tell you. You fucked up so badly that you put yourselves in danger, real war, danger. You don't think, and you fucked up my work, big time fucked up my work. You're greedy, you're selfish. You would fucking knock someone down to get yourself ahead. Isn't that right, Cullerton? You steal my work, but don't comprehend what's underneath it. You have fucked up so bad in Canberra with that flag, it's unfucking believable what you've done. You have mixed politics with a land flag. A big fucking no no. A big fucking no no. You let politicians fly your land flag. You've just desecrated the very fucking foundations of your Anzac. So Rod Cullerton, hmm, where to start? Rod's early work was influenced by Wayne, but his biggest scoop was the discovery of an inconsistency between the High Court rules and the High Court Act. 
He used a speech in Parliament to frame it as a massive issue, but it was in fact taken care of through amendments to the rules. Look, Rod gets a fair bit of coverage around the place, so let's just do some funny Rod clips. First up is Auntie Pauline being a bit cross with Rod following him leaving One Nation. Rod, excuse me, I'm party leader. I expect you to come to my office. Instead of the colour, what was how was the head of the conversation? Yeah, fine. <laughs> Can, we, can I just insert a little bit there? We'll post that video because it's basically Rod being attacked by empty cups. It is some of the funniest stuff that you'll ever see. He yeah. touches a cup to get himself a cup of coffee. <laughs> he touches one that then makes all the other empty cups start falling off the table and he's trying to catch them as they fall. I love Rod. He's so silly. Next up, Rod being served bankruptcy papers. This one resulted in a bit of biffo on the streets. On the footpath outside a courthouse, a federal senator rips off his jacket and confronts a former Liberal MP. Moments earlier, the now One Nation Party member Anthony Fells had tried to serve former One Nation Senator Rod Cullerton with bankruptcy papers. Senator Cullerton hit the deck, injuring his arm, neck, and shoulder. It was like experience one of the bulls or back on the farm it hurt and it hurt very much so because I wasn't expecting it to come from my back I wasn't prepared for the impact. The papers were being served on behalf of a man Rod Cullerton's wife Anna has a restraining order against. It was all set up. It was set up. I do not owe these guys any money. They are just become a nuisance and they are just haunting me. It seems trouble is haunting Senator Cullerton. In just over a week, he'll find out if he'll be thrown out of the parliament after being declared bankrupt last month. I'm not impressed with it at all. Anthony Fowles is angling to run as a One Nation candidate in the next West Australian state election. Party leader Pauline Hanson says while she's met with him, he does not have her endorsement. No one has been endorsed. Now this one could only happen to Rod. Here he is trying to talk about Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have this one of the funniest things i've seen when rod leaned up against a tree in a park to do his live um, you know i'll tell you what will happen i'll have ants all down my back down my jocks and then i'll have to do the full monty in the park and um i'm not sure what that'll that'll be a good uh, promotion in front of the political bus i can tell you but anyway um i'll just uh i'll just uh, it's worth it it's it's actually, <laughs> it's bloody worth it to have them on my back because it's such a great day. Um, and uh, if no one, no one believes, <laughs> if no one believes me, have a look at this. Like I, 
I leant up against that and um, holy hell now I've got now we're in trouble they're in the, they're in me jocks but but I'm not going to um, I'm not going to take my off the ball now quickly I have to I have to I have to do this <laughs> I have to do this quickly because they are in my jocks at the moment I've got them going down my bloody leg I'm in an ant nest they've, they've completely completely um, overtaken me but and uh, yeah they just have to tread they just have to tread with caution <laughs> I need help and I need a shower so I'm gonna go because I've got to throw the clothes off here. I am absolutely unindated with bloody ants. I can't believe it. Um, so tread with caution, be safe. And uh, it's so great in the nation's history to um, to to uh, see what is playing out. And, and it's great to see Australian uh, people My voice is going to become very squeaky because I my my jocks are full of art. Keep up the good work. It's really it's really good to see that we've um, we've got movement in this country, even if it is through ants in my undies. Oh, I feel like there's ants crawling on me now. <laughs> I love I love <laughs> I love that video, and I love that rod does these videos like the mooing one as well like any other person would just not post that would yeah. just never let us see it but rod just he doesn't care he just posts things up I, I love him i love him our final rod clip introduces our last purist brian shaw what am I charged with, sir? This prison of treason, are you saying I'm charged? No, you just came up in my ear and said I'm charged with this prison of treason. What is the what is the charge? What, sir, what was he charged with? I'll tell you what he was charged with. Not 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 revealing don't get that the clean was removed. Now, 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 can I just no, no, something no, out? Come up to me. I'm just going to point something out. He was charged with. Get up. I can't smoke here, guys. There's so much reason. By Brian Shaw. Okay. In a court, in a court that doesn't exist, in a Are you saying that the charge is failing to reveal the coin, failing to reveal the coin to be removed? Have you ever heard of Lodge Baker's speech? Where he revealed in the parliament that the coin had been removed from the court? He doesn't. He does not no, have to. That's the beauty of this country. I'm not I'm saying you. I'm saying the charges are crazy. So they're essentially adults, larping, laying fake charges on each other. So before we talk about Brian, the main voice that you can hear in that clip telling Rod that he's been charged 
is Johnny C from what used to be Council Government Watch until he recently renamed it. He posts hours of video of himself driving around Phillip Island, quoting scriptures and just getting real cranky. Um, he's often in the company of, of Johnny Q. So if you like Johnny Q, you'll find him doing a bit of work with Johnny C. Back to Brian. So his main belief is that the crown has been unlawfully removed and but that by replacing references to the crown with the people in oaths, all politicians are committing misprision of treason. Brian is another one who's been declared a vexatious litigant with misprision charges laid against various high court judges, the ex-Attorney General of Victoria, Rob Howes, the entire Labour Party, Julia Gillard. So they've actually been served with a, a brief of evidence of the treason of Julia Gillard. So what that means is, is as our officer over here, Roland Crystal, said, every one of us has the right to arrest a person when they commit a crime. Okay? So I've just given them the brief of evidence where a crime in this country is being committed. And I'm asking the assistance of the police to take care of this crime. And the crime is that Julia Gillard was charged for treason back in 2007. She hasn't faced trial because it has to go in front of a grand jury. The paperwork is in the High Court, just sitting there. How do we ever get a resolution on criminals if we don't put them to trial? So, I just, they, they need to know. We've had the Governor-General come past. I should have arrested him yesterday. I should have walked in there and done a citizen's arrest on the Governor-General yesterday because Adrian Wells is here. Now, it is Anzac Day. I didn't want to take the disrespect away from people that fight for our freedoms, but we need to fight for them as well and respect them. Brian also charged Dan Andrews. Yep, that's right. Marshall Ford was, in fact, a gift from Brian Shaw, that amazing, crazy, hectic, perfect day. <laughs> he was quite the hero in Victoria for a while, with demands that he be allowed to speak at rallies, but he is so exceptionally boring that that never happened. <laughs> yeah, I actually recall Lizzie Rose. She got offended that he wasn't allowed to speak. Correct. I think I remember heckling or yelling out at a protest from the front once. Where's Brian Shaw? Yeah, that's right. But you know who really didn't like him? Who? G'day, everybody. It's Karen Brewer here, and this is going to come with a rant warning, okay? I just had this bird, Arlen, ring me up from South Australia to tell me that Brian Shaw has got another lot of paperwork, you paper pussy. I am sick to death of people who think you're going to solve this issue by hiding behind some paper. Here's an affidavit. Here's some more paper. Here's a trespass notice. Here it is. <laughs> you got to love her. She just can't stand it when other people get some limelight. But here's another favourite of ours. Lawful notice and memorandum of service to correct presumptions and assumptions of status. Notice to principal is notice to agent. Notice to agent is notice to principal. 15th of March, 22. Under the Freedom of Information Act, 1982, I, woman, <laughs> Emma Ashley Gray, that's her, <laughs> belonging to the House of Morrisby, 
am requesting a duty to inquire constructive or actual knowledge, since knowledge is obtained by the excise of reasonable care and is the way of investigation and inquiry. Feudalism prevailed in the Middle Ages, which involved the sovereign, a lord, allocating a parcel of land called a fief to knights, the tenants, in exchange for their loyalty and service. Using the medieval custom of pursuing knighthood in today's society, operating under the feudal law system, Andrew Leslie, Morrisby, uh, achieved this through civil service. He was employed as a heavy diesel fitter for the Department of Resources. Although he was remunerated in payment for his performance of service, he contributed a tax imposed upon him by the government for the use and service of the state, whether under the name of toll, tribute, tailage, gable, impost, duty, custom, excise, subsidy, aid, supply, or other names. Notwithstanding, there is no inherent power in the Crown, NRGD 06325329, to raise money in this way. Express provision must be made by statute. Oh, my God. Andrew Morrisby and his partner, Emma, they loved Karen Brewer and turned up on Karen Brewer Day to get arrested flashing the red duster flag while snogging in the back of a divvy van. <laughs> he might have been the first so-called sovereign citizen for me. I think he was a mechanic, but he always looked really scruffy. Back in May 2021... Tasmania had a state election, so Andrew went to get his name crossed off the roll and, well, let's have a listen. Hey, you going? Andrew here in Jeevston, Tasmania, on my way to vote. Just thought you might like to come with me, see how we go. See if anyone's interested in talking about the pedos in Parliament. I don't know, they might be. I highly doubt it, though. I was working on a truck before I come to do this. I haven't got it finished yet. I've still got to do it. Right? Hello. How are you going? Just in through here. Thank you. G'day, how are you going? Fantastic. Andrew Morrisby? You haven't voted in this election yet? No, I haven't voted for any of the pedophiles yet. You need to mark at least one to five. No, nah, it's uh, uh, no one to follow my will, I think. They're all pedophile protectors. The whole lot, Labor, Liberal... Greens, all protect pedophiles. <laughs> Big line straight through it. No candidate. To follow my will. No candidate to follow my will. It's that simple. Because they all protect pedophiles, and yeah, silence is consent, unfortunately. And yeah, they all protect pedophiles. Oh, go ahead this way, thanks. Hey, stuff COVID rules. I'll, I'll go out the indoor and I'll go in the outdoor. So he didn't vote. He just wrote no suitable candidate to follow my will on it. So whatever. That's a Karen thing. Karen Brewer, like a long time ago, got in like a little bit of trouble with the Australian Electoral Commission 
because she was actually giving out advice to people that you could just write that on your ballot paper and by default, no government could be appointed. Oh, right. That was her idea before stand in your governors and blah-de-blah. Okay, yeah, yeah. and uh, she was a massive influence on Andrew. Mm. So what ended up happening with Andrew is leading up to Karen Brewer Day, he was doing live videos outside under his veranda or shed. I'm not sure. I'm only going by memory as I don't think I took copies at the time, but it was clear to me that he wasn't doing too well and his rhetoric was getting pretty intense. He had us a bit concerned about Karen Brewer Day and what he might attempt. I did manage to get one video. Here it is. I don't care if you're a Centrelink person or if you're a council worker, if you're retired, I just need you for 30 days to come sit in Parliament House as I'll be arresting everyone that sits in there. Um, so it's going to be an abandoned vessel and we need to fill those seats that are there for 30 days while writs for new elections have been issued. I don't want to sit in Parliament House for 30 days. This isn't what I'm doing this for. I don't want to go into politics at the end of this. I just want to be free, you know. But there's only one way I can be free and live my life free. My kids live their life free. And that is if we stop the corruption. You know, too much corruption is going on in Australia. But I'm in Tasmania. I can't do shit about the mainland if I don't take care of my own house first. Take care of your own states first and we'll come together as a nation. We need to remove the corruption, though. So on the 31st of August, I'm calling for 48 volunteers for 30 days to sit in Parliament. That's all you've got to do. It's not hard. You won't be making big decisions. It's just a caretaker role. We need to get our country back on track. This is an opportunity Let's take this opportunity. Let's use this opportunity. The bastards that are there sit in admiralty law. We're not moving forward as a nation like this. No way, no how. Lover or hater, Karen Brewer's put all the um, links to the Freemasonry up on her Instagram page. She's worth checking her out. Um, all the links to the rock spiders that the filthy pedos are, all the politicians that are sitting currently, they're all sitting in admiralty law. None of them have lines of authority. Like 1977, um, the letters patent were removed for them to be sitting there. Uh, Wayne Glue, I was listening to one of his yesterday, he was saying that with the referendum... Like it proved, uh, the 98 referendum, it proved that common law still has a standing and the 1901 constitution still stands. These bastards don't have a legal leg to stand on. They're treasonous. They're terrorists against us, the people. We, the people. I need to do something about it and I'm asking you to come help me. That's all it is. Let's make a better future for tomorrow, for our kids. 22 days to go. 
Let's make it happen. Of course, as we all know, these plans never turn out well and always end up with an arrest. Get into my pants, darling. Oh, pull it out now. Unveil it. Open it up. Open that flag up, please. Oh, beautiful. Excuse me. Excuse me. Love you. Love you. I'll get you stuff here. After his arrest, he disappeared from online for about six months and then reappeared looking fresh and healthy, which was likely due to his time touching grass and getting offline for a while, or perhaps a stay in the clink. But he returned with some more pseudo-legal documents on behalf of him and his partner, Emma, and was having a back and forth with authorities. So that saga still continues. But he's more or so offline these days. But gee, he's such a larrikin. But before we go, I do want to share one more arrest video of his that may be hands down the funniest soft-sit pseudo-legal arrest going around when Andrew forgot his script. We're just recording as well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. What's your name, sir? What do you need to know my name for? Because you're driving a motor vehicle on a public street in Tasmania. I'm travelling in an automobile. Yep, on, on a public street. No, 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 on a stock road. What's your name, which... sir? I'm going to ask you again. You're required to give me your name. If you don't, you can be arrested. Under what? What? What's the harm? Where's the harm here? There has been no yeah, harm. I asked you for your name, sir. So are, are you going to provide I'd... me your name? I don't Has he disturbed the peace? Authority, like, you don't recognise my authority? No, you don't have any authority over me. Unfortunately, you guys are actually just uh, paid. What's hang the on, word? hang on. Why have you pulled us over? Sir, you're driving on a public street in Tasmania. No, I'm travelling on a stock road. On a stock road? Yeah. Right. Why have you pulled us over? Are we disturbing the peace? No, for a random breath test. Sorry, I don't comply with a tyrannical, pedophile-protecting government. Okay, and, that's fine. Yeah. I'm just going to caution you. Otherwise, you should say anything further. Unless you wish to do so, anything you say or do will be recorded and may be used in evidence. Do you understand that? I don't comprehend that, no. Okay, I'm going to say it again. You're not obliged to say anything further. Unless you wish to do so, anything you say or do will be recorded and may be used in evidence. Do you understand the caution? I don't comprehend that. Okay. I stand under Magna Carta, under common law, and I am a free sir? man under... I have six generations in Tasmania lineage. I stand under the Morrisby Code of Arms. Yeah, I what's am, your name, sir? Andrew Leslie. What's your name, sir? Andrew Leslie of the House of Morrisby. We're going to give you a random breath test. I do report. not comply. If, okay. I, if I do that, that means that I am contracting with you and I do not contract you guys at the moment. Uh, here, you are armed. I am under duress and I do not comply. I do not comprehend. Okay. I am under duress and I do not... Do not... What's the other word I want? What's the other word? There's another word uh. I want, but... Nah, you, you guys are just armed terrorists, I believe. You work for a corporation, you have an ABN. I'm sorry, I don't wish to contract with a corporation. I what is this about? I do not comply. What is this I about? do not check his license. It's you, on an unregistered car, so it's unregistered, so you can't drive an unregistered car. I stand under common law. There is a magna cut. There is an Australian red ensign flag. On the, I do not comprehend. I, I do not comply. 
I do not understand. I am an Australian man standing. Do you want to be arrested, sir? I do not wish to be detained against my will because well, that would be kidnapping. No, it's not kidnapping. If you guys are armed, I am under duress. Did that you have a reason kidnapping. to pull us over? Yeah, Were we reference. speeding? Random. Were we speeding? We weren't speeding. We are doing no harm. We are travelling from point A to B. Are you identifying as a sovereign citizen, sir? I am not a sovereign citizen. That is an oxymoron. Just ask the question. No, I'm sorry. I'm under Can duress. Can you turn the car off for me, please? Andrew, I'm going to ask you for a breath test again. I believe you're Andrew Mosby. Um, your car is unregistered, which is an offence under Tasmania it, law. It, it has been registered. Uh, the, the number on the back of it indicates that it has been registered. I have a licence. I've let it expire because I do not comply with a tyrannical government that protects pedophiles and their pedophile network. I do not comply. I do not understand. I am under duress. I am travelling from point A to point B. I am travelling in my motor vehicle, which is horse-powered. Therefore, we are on a stock route. I am travelling in my... Better word. Automobile. Automobile. How many horsepower? It doesn't matter how many horsepower. They are under the hood. Sir, I'm going to ask you for breath test again. I, I am not refusing. I am now under arrest. What for, sir? Where has been the harm, sir? Where has been the harm, sir? Sir, you are under arrest. What for, sir? Where has been the harm, sir? Bodies, you are hurting me, sir. Please remove your hands from me. I am in peace, love and light. Everything has been recorded. I demand copies of all records. Mate, you've got five seconds to get out of the car. I'm going to spray you, okay? Yep. Five, four, I, three. My eyes fresh. are shut. I am not. Let's move on to the group we are going to call the judiciary, a mix of pseudo-lawyers, constitutional experts, sheriffs and grifters. I'm at a loss where to start here. Let's start with Derek Balog. Derek's LinkedIn profile says he is a small business consultant and advocate, but now he is running a group called Educate for Protection, whose mission is to expose the criminal fraud in all levels of government as corporations, to educate all living men and women and children and empower you to know your human rights and to protect our homes, our business and our country. They have a pretty fancy looking website where you can join their class actions, register to be a member of a grand jury in your electorate, start a private prosecution, attend a workshop, a shopping list of things really. Oh, and you can join for just $20 a month. Couple of things though before you do. Derek spent some time in jail. Back in 2008 when he was a mortgage advisor, he actually defaulted on his own mortgage and wouldn't (laughs) vacate the property. Oh, and another thing? He's not a lawyer. I just got to correct what uh, Travis just said before. I am not a lawyer, so please don't throw anything at me. I'm not a lawyer, not legally qualified, but I'm holding it in my hand the 237 page charges against Dan Andrew! I am here to tell you, and I'm saying this because I've got people recording this to go on social media. Dan Andrews did not win on the 17th of December. He proved that there are two systems of law in Victoria. One for them and one for us. That's 
what this paperwork is all about. Brian Shaw put this document together and I used this and he's used it and other people have put this into court and they don't want to speak to us. It's that powerful. Does anybody want a copy of this paperwork? Yes. Put this into your phone. www.jesusislord.melbourne It's deliberate. It's deliberate. It's deliberate to be in their faces to say that we've had enough. This is a spiritual war. That's why I'm holding up this document to show you he did not win. We saw the corruption of our legal system, which is made to take money from us to give to the rich and the elite and the politicians. We are stopping this. There's a lady in front of me who's got a claim against the police. I couldn't get the documents in to, be, to give to that man Novak Djokovic who's standing up for all of us to say, I don't want a bioweapon. That's Derek speaking at one of Trav and Billy's protests just after the Kill the Bill sleepout. He had to make that clarification as almost daily Trav or Billy would make reference to getting their lawyer on the phone whenever the cops spoke to them about anything. I remember like realising finally that they were talking about Derek, like <laughs> having watched them for day after day after day. And every time like someone came and said, we need to move the barriers because we need to clean the steps. And they'd be like, well, just get our lawyer on the phone. And I'm like, bloody hell, this must be costing them a fortune. And then realizing it was Derek. That clip though, what was interesting was the Brian Shaw crossover. I actually think they've fallen out now. Um, and how much hopium everyone had back then that this misprision of treason case was going to land Dan Andrews in jail. It was far too funny. So he runs these Zoom sessions every week where he just talks and talks and talks about how close they are to winning this. It's excruciating how often they all say they are winning. Even Danny has worked it out. So you're asking people to fork out $270 and either thousand number something to bring up $270,000 to some bullshit if that's not the biggest fucking grift going, I don't know what is. And people, stop giving this man your fucking money. Seriously. He's a con man. And don't feel bad if you got suckered in. Because he's a con man. He's a professional. This is what he's done for the last 20 years. Right? So he's good at what he does. But I'm better at spotting it. That's all. That's all. And a lot of the people he goes after are people that are on their last legs. They're on their last gasp. They've tried everything. Right, and they're at, they're at their wits' end. They're just about to lose their house or whatever. They're fuck. They're vulnerable, and this is who he preys on. This is who he goes after, and then he plays this bullshit game about, oh, you know, I'm the only person in the world that knows that the fucking sky is falling and oh, it's all going to end. It's all horse shit, right? All this shit about the constitution not being there and you know the who took over and blah blah blah. It's all fucking horse shit. He's doing that to grift you. He's trying to suck you in with fear porn, and then he'll offer the solution. Problem, reaction, solution. It's called the Hegelian dialectic. Look it up. Problem, reaction, solution. So I'm done with Mr. Derek. Look, it's great that Danny called it out, but didn't Danny and Layla have him in their lives and kind of gave him a push along? And Helen Delaney gave him a massive, massive push along at the start too. Derek's still pushing on though. And the justification for his latest effort in the court is the one I reckon. This is the one. This is it. It's finally going to bring it all down. Good afternoon, everybody. My name's Derek Balog. I am from Educate for Protection. Uh, we are continuing our People's Class Action meeting tonight. 
we have made changes to the way we're doing our affidavit. Why? We have now tested in three states, New South Wales, Victoria, and now it's going to become the third state is South Australia. We are the only ones using the issue about the stolen information about the kangaroo and the emu, and we are going to incorporate that into our paperwork. If you do not know about what we're doing, please send us an email to the address at the bottom of your screen. If you are interested to understand what is the people's class action that we are holding, this is documenting your story with your truth with a physical compensation claim. I'm going to discuss this every Thursday night, and our members who are supporting us are part of our, our process to go forward. For more information, just leave us a message on the email below. Next up, Mike Palmer from Know Your Rights. So Mike's another one who's been at this for a fair while and also has a website where you can find information on tax, banking, the constitution, local government, financial protection, the whole gamut really. But at his core, Mike's thing is his ebook. So it will set you back $67 to get the ebook. But if you want the ebook, the CDs, the audiobook, and access to the seminar, well, that's going to cost you $157. That's not a deal. That's a steal. There's more than one ebook, Sandy, <laughs> because why have one ebook when you can have three ebooks? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's right. If you want all three of Mike's books, that's going to set you back $261. Wow. But let's not stop there, Sandy. Uh -oh. oh, no, no. <laughs> You can also take out a membership for $20 a month and that'll get you access to a weekly podcast. But you better not forget your password, guys, because it's going to cost you $10 <laughs> to reset it. Shut up and take my money, guys. <laughs> you wonder how many people have handed over their money only to end up having to not only pay the original fine, but all the late payment fees as well. Okay, put your sheriff badges on. It's time to round some people up. First up, Lynn Bennett from Velvet Revolution. Lynn has been around for a while. In fact, back in 2008, she organised a pretty big truck protest in Queensland. But she first came to our attention back in December 2021 when she joined up with Peter Little to walk the streets of Melbourne sticking eviction notices on the doors of every court, government building, parliament house and even the governor's residence. They got their steps up that day. Tell you what, they, bloody hell, that live went for hours. She had them crisscrossing the city and it felt like every 10 steps they were whacking up <laughs> an eviction notice on some random building that they thought might have been something to do with the government. Here's Lynn being interviewed on the move by Peter Little. No, you got focused today. You've got to be focused and we can all get distracted, can't we? We've all got our roles to play. Every single person in Australia has got a big role and uh, you just excited a lot of people there. I mean, it's the next step of... Uh, calling them in. It was a notice of trespass, correct? Yes, absolutely. A notice. It was an, and a sheriff's decree. A sheriff's decree? Yes. Okay. As, so, well, as well as a lawful trespass notice. And a lawful trespass notice. So, um, so, so if anybody sees any of them getting around Parliament House, we need to know, so our sheriff, yep. who is actually organising for Dan to face the courts, yep. as we speak, she's riding up the... Um, the warrant of arrest Okay. and she's going to make sure he goes to court this time. They ended the day with a visit to the governor. 
They have been in our buildings. They have been squatting. They have. They have not been paying rent. They have not, they have been paying for all of their expenses via the people here, all yes. the taxpayers. And uh, it's time we uh, we actually issued them. Sorry, I have to drink. We served them all last Friday and today is all about reclaiming our establishments and tomorrow we have sheriffs who are actually writing up warrants for their arrest. Lynn was ecstatic with how things went. This is Lynn Bennox, Velvet Revolution Australia, United We Stand. What we achieved on the weekend was nothing short of a miracle. God has been on our side this whole time and we need to trust in him. So I thank God for everything we achieved on Saturday. We went down to Melbourne. I can only speak for my own site. You can catch any updates of people who issued the Sheriff's Decree and the lawful notice of trespass. And I am so proud of every Australian that put in on Saturday to stand up and take this country back. As you know, on last Friday, we served on every government corporate member, the sanctioned lawful moratoriums. This officially removed them from office. When we issued the Sheriff's Degree and also the Lawful Notice of Trespass and we put them all over our buildings. We lawfully claimed them back under a velvet revolution. Well, settle down, Lynn. Like, bloody hell, could she be any more low-key? <laughs> like, you're declaring that you've just, like, won the war and she's just sitting there. On her, on her couch, chewing whatever it is that she chews in her mouth when she talks, just flat as a tack. Maybe she knew, because I'm not sure what she was so happy about. <laughs> because after they claimed Government House, old mate Peter Little took a handful of people back to Parliament with him. Not sure if he was going to move in, if that's why he went there. I'm not sure. But anyway, let's see how he went. Hi, guys. We're back at Parliament House here. We're just going to see if uh, Lynn... Bennett's uh, notice of trespass is still here. We don't actually think it is. There's nothing on that door there. And nothing on that door there. Anyone watching the lives this afternoon, around about 1.30 or 1 o'clock, Lynn was escorted by the police and affixed a notice of trespass. There's nothing there, so uh, we've got a bit of a team here. <laughs> How you going, Ruth? So um, 
somebody has defaced that notice of trespass which uh, reclaimed Parliament House for the people. So it didn't last long, guys. So we need to subpoena the CCTV footage and see who ripped it off. I wonder if it was one of the PSOs. So uh, we're pretty disappointed, aren't we, guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah not good, is it? Oh, their notice was gone. <laughs> I also don't recall any of those arrests happening. Hmm. One of the other signatories to Lynn's document, and by the way, that document also had their thumbprints on it, not just their signatures, was a lady by the name of Sandra Crack. That's right. Sandy Crack <laughs> is actually her name. What a name. <laughs> what a name. So what Sandy lacks in the way of awareness outside the sheriff game, she more than makes up for in her patented, incoherent written work on social media. Not sure if you've ever seen any of her posts, but there's no way anyone could make any sense of them at all. So like the rest, she has her own interpretation of common law that she calls jury law with sui juris sheriffs. Sui juris basically means having full legal rights. And in reality, it's exactly the same as all the others. She makes big pronouncements during Zoom meetings, but hers have a particular crackness to them. She's pretty out there and kind of oscillates between a doting mother figure and a firebrand zealot who just wants to hang every last one of the traders who said vaccines might save lives. She's another one who says she's been in the business for 30 years. So, I mean, that's impressive if it's true. As is the way of common law, she is also in the cease and desist business. Here she is in her car out the front of a school in Mojura wearing, and I shit you not, a huge gold sheriff star on her chest. Like, I am not joking. Hi, team. Um, look, I'm just doing a report from Mildura. I just wanted to let everyone know that we've done a really great job today. Our cease and desist notices have been effective. We got notification that this school was proceeding with the vaccinations of the children. So guess what? No. We came today and the children didn't arrive. Our cease and desist notices um, were very effective as of Friday afternoon. So at four o'clock guys, they were supposed to have the vaccinations here. As you can see, the school grounds are totally empty. Totally empty guys. Toot toot. This is jury law for you. So when they get served a notice that they're going to come before a jury in their own town, in their own town, this is what they're going to face. You proceed to harm our children and we're going to take you to court. We're going to take you and put you in a jury in your own town, in front of your own peers, as per the common law principles. So yeah, it's been a long day. Been here all day, but guess what? Not one um, pop-up medical centre. Not one person come along. No participation. Yes, we've done it. So in Mildura, we only had one school that we were notified were, were continuing. The cease and desist notices were sent out to 45 schools here and approximately 20,000 students. And this was the only school that went ahead against the cease and desist notice. But it just goes to show in the end they didn't have the guts to continue. Okay guys, howdy-os. We're over and out for today. 
work's done and kids are safe and that's all I did it for okay so thanks today to Linton um, the two of us here doing this was a great team effort and I felt really proud just then to call it that it's a success our kids are safe one by one we will protect every school one by one we will protect every child touch our kids and we'll break your face touch our kids and you'll be in a jury not a threat it's a promise okay over and out adios kids are safe today bye bye so unfortunately her brigade of sheriffs got her in a little bit of trouble when they went on an emailing spree with some 15 politicians receiving a barrage of what I'm sure was pretty serious legal mumbo jumbo and the WA cops dragged her out of a coffee shop and charged her. Uh, back to that paperwork that Lynn was putting up all around town. I said that Sandy was one of the signatories. In fact, Lynn said she was being guided by Sandy and that she would be led by her. But as is always the way, their relationship took a turn for the worse, with Sandy admitting to snitching on Lynn and Mike Holt from Common Law Earth to the federal police under the name Lynn Holt. Oh, no way. That's massive. <laughs> these people. These people. Yeah, no. I do just quickly want to talk about WA just for a sec. Yeah. They have a very well-organized sheriff group who all wear purple shirts, and they are very, 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 very well organized. We might actually circle back to WA at some point. They don't get much coverage and there's actually a lot going on over there with the umbrella people. Yeah, they actually have big rallies. I, when Hoodie mm. went across there um, during his tour, he drew a massive crowd. There mm. is a big movement happening over there. The last one of this group is Teresa Van Leishout, who is currently awaiting trial for importing police badges. Teresa has been around the traps for a long time. She had a stint in politics, had some gross views on any number of subjects, and is always droning on about elections being fraudulent. She moved to Melbourne and started showing up at protests and yelling indiscriminately at anyone and everyone. The Criminal Code Act of 1995, uh, Chapter 5, Part 5 applies, Division 80, and they'll be charged with treason, urging violence, advocating violence against the people, the 25 million people of Australia, or genocide. So they can be charged with all of that. They'll get imprisonment for life. Also, Chapter 8, they'll be charged with crimes against humanity. Because we're talking about 2 million dead Australians under these politicians and their parties. Liberal, Labor, Greens and Nationals. And I want them banned from the ballot and I want all their wealth confiscated as well. I want their wealth confiscated and that wealth is to be give 20% to the police I want the police to have 20% for their great work and I'll praise the police across the country, the Victorian Police, New South Wales and the Federal Police that I created and the Federal Police Act 1979. And those great police officers, they'll do the great work under the leadership of uh, uh, Theresa Van Leeshout. Under the, my political leadership as the Governor General of Australia and I will work with the police, I will support them, I will promote them I will, I will do everything, I will encourage them, and for the next, every day this week, every day this month, for the next month, the next year, every year for the next 10 years, and me and the police will do
the great works in this nation and the police of Victoria become the greatest police in the history of Australia. Not just that, under my political leadership as the Governor General of Australia, the Victorian police will become the greatest police service in the history of the world. Yeah, we forgot to tell you, Theresa's actually the Governor. So I don't know, maybe that's why all this standing at governor's residences and yelling hasn't worked. Maybe they're yelling at the wrong person. (laughs) So Teresa would show up at politicians' offices all around the place and issue writs. The clip you just heard was out of the front of Greg Hunt's office. Here she is again, this time at James Merlino's office. All right, we're here in front of James Merlino. James Merlino, politician, state politician for Victoria is the leader, uh, acting leader of the Labor Party. Daniel Andrews is uh, on leave and I issued warrants for his arrest on the 1st of March. So James Molino, we're in Belgrave and he is the acting so-called Premier. But uh, they've got elections rigged, they've got them fixed. Uh, Federal and state elections are fixed and rigged. So they are not the, uh, they're not legitimately politicians in our state and our nation, that's for each state. Today is the uh, Tuesday. The, it's Tuesday, the thirteenth of April. Today, and I'm issuing arrest warrants for the state leaders of each state of Australia, Liberal and Labor parties. Uh, the objective is to arrest, charge, secure, and imprison as many lockdown politicians as possible in each Australian state, Liberal, Labor, the Greens, Nationals, and any other lockdown politicians, and the seizure of their wealth and their property. So, uh, I'm publicly issuing arrest warrants under the Crimes Act uh, 1914 for the state leaders, uh, Liberal and Labor, so the so-called premiers and the so-called opposition leaders. The longer she spoke, the more heightened things became. On another visit to Greg Hunt's office, there was a lot of police in attendance. Here's a bit of what she said that day. This is my office now, Theresa Van Leeshout, and what I want is my name put on it with the words Governor General on it. Under the Constitution of Australia, Section 61, 51, 52, 61 to 64, the administration of justice for the people of this nation. So this is my office, and if this man comes near this office in the next 72 hours, we'll go to Canberra and arrest him. I will do that with you in a bus and go there and arrest that man and jail him for crimes against a whole range of crimes. And later I'll read out the legislative provision for that as well. Also in attendance that day was Jackie Dundee. And in a move that put the fear of God into everyone, she appointed her to the bench. (laughs) It is then given to the people in the referendum. So the ultimate decision is with the people. We must stand up for our rights for the sake of our children. Thanks, Jackie. And Jackie will be speaking a little bit later as well. And my intention politically is actually to appoint Jackie Dundee a Supreme Court, um, a judge of the Victorian Supreme Court. (laughs) We couldn't leave her out. We couldn't leave her out. She's been banging on and on about this for years. I have been pulled over... By the police. Can, full name can, can I can I please get your yeah, name? Have, have you got you your video? Over. My no, name have is you... Acting Sergeant Gibson or from Gold okay, Coast Highway okay. Patrol. Now have Let's, have just I stop talking for a second? Listen to what I'm asking you. What's your full name? I do not consent. You're gonna be arrested shortly for failing to provide your details. Under you what are... law? Listen to me. Can... No, I'm... you listen, listen to me, please. I'm, I'm speaking to you. What's... Okay. I've asked you to state your full and correct name. 
can I please... I don't need to explain about your driver's licence at the moment. Can I have a say? No, I've asked you to explain. Why can I I've not asked you, talk? Listen, as, listen. As, I've asked you to state your full I think you're name. being very If you're far to provide those details, you're being I will have you arrested. Aggressive. Do you understand? Why? What is your what, full name? What crime have I committed? What state crime? your full name. You are unlicensed at the moment. At, at the moment, ma'am, you're obstructing me. You're obstructing Excuse me. All right. Excuse me. Ma'am, you're under arrest. Stop out of the Turn the car off. Turn the car off now. Don't put that on me. I'll bust your window. Put the window down. So, so this is violence. Is this violence? Put your window down. Is this violence? You're under arrest. Under what law? You're unlicensed. Do you know this doesn't look? I don't want to be. I don't want. You're starting to threaten me. Put the window down. You are under arrest. You're threatening me. You are under arrest. Open the window now. I can't believe that the police are going to put me put under arrest for a breathalyzer. Look at this. 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 Violence. Violence by the police. I've done nothing wrong. I have done nothing wrong. Let's let's discuss this nicely. I will come out if, if you if you calm down. Open the door now. I will open the door if you calm down. If you come down, I'll open. Can you feel me? Look. Seatbelt off. Under arrest. Undo the seatbelt. Up out of the car. Put the handbrake on. My goodness. So we've decided to call this next group the new breed. They follow in the footsteps of people like Wayne and Rod, but they are younger and more relatable. So first up is Doris, or as you likely know her, Be Free with Dee. We first came across Dee when she was Monica's person in New South Wales, but it wasn't long before she started talking about birth certificates. So first of all, we, men and women, we created the government to serve and protect us. And the creation of man cannot be above man. And the way that the government has gone around this is that they turn us into a corporation or a fictitious, fictitious entity with our birth certificates. Because in admiralty law, corporations can only deal with corporations. They cannot deal with living men and women. And as you know, the government is a corporation. So really, they have no jurisdictional authority over us as living men and women. So what they have done is that they have created a separate entity, a fictitious entity, to your living man and woman with your birth certificate. And they create joined up applications or whatever you want to call it. And so when your parents signed or registered your birth certificate, they were actually signing a private trust or a corporation that you're the sole beneficiary of. And this then goes into the stock market exchange. That was one of her first lives and she sounds really stilted and a little bit unsure of what to say, but she quickly educated herself and now speaks in a much more authoritative manner. So back in the 1930s, the privately held gold that we had um, which was the substance backing up the currency, was confiscated by the Federal Reserve. And then this economy was um, replaced by a financial system based on credit. And this system um, of credit is essentially based on the presumption and uh, presumption of informed consent 
And it's an economy where everything in the books need to add up to zero. So what is supplying money to the Australian corporation, which is guised as a government, is pretty much, to sum it up, is our pledge of our future labour to underwrite the public debt. And I'm going to elaborate on this so you guys understand what the hell I'm talking about because that probably sounds like, I don't know, a little bit <laughs> too too much for you guys. Um, so pretty much like when you're born and your parents sign a form recording your birth, they... They send that to the births, deaths and marriages and then they open an account in your name which is your estate and they create an estate in the public and then they create a birth identification number so if you look on your birth certificate you'll see like a number and then forward slash the year you were born. That's your birth identification number and that's tethered to you throughout your life and as we know this is a legal fiction, this is a corporation and then the registrar records your birth record okay as a general deposit so that means that the state then owns the commercial energy from you because you're the general deposit right so your future labor will securitize the country so that birth record signed by your parents pretty much handed you over and it was placed into a trust which means your parents gave away the property rights to you to the government. Dee spent some time in Canberra last year in the Shillingsworth camp and was regularly seen coaching people in the group around how to interact with the police. Another regular face for all of us is James the Traveller. James provides regular updates on his YouTube channel and is happy to share his experience in dealing with the police and his court cases. G'day there, James the Traveller here. In this video I'm going to be teaching you what to do if you get pulled over by police and the seven step process that I use. The steps are step one, knowledge. Step two, instruments. Step three, camera. Step four, manner. Step five, process. Step six, save face. And step seven is to improvise. So we're going into more detail in each of those steps, but starting off with step one is knowledge. Knowing who you are and what you're not. It's critical that you know who you are and what you're not, because in their system you're automatically a what and you need to become a who. So plenty of other videos describing that and explaining that you need to become sovereign, you need to know you're sovereign, you need to act like a sovereign, which means you're acting like a grown-up, someone who is responsible, not as a child, as a slave who is irresponsible and incompetent. To be sovereign means to be free, it means to be competent, it means to be responsible, it means to be a grown-up. So that's what you want to do, that's who you want to be. He spends a lot of time educating people and he certainly does it in a way that is easier to understand than listening to Wayne Glue or Stephen Spears. In this video I'm going to be explaining my private sovereign documents that I've created and then in another video after this one I'll be explaining how you can actually use this when dealing with slaves attempting to coerce you into commerce and how to protect yourself from them physically attacking you at the same time. So, what I've got here, 
The first one I'm going to show you is a certificate of competency. So this replaces the slave driver license, right? So instead of having a membership card to Slavery R Us, which is the government authority, the system, you as a sovereign being, meaning sovereignty, responsibility, they're two sides of the same coin. Because if you're responsible, you got to be sovereign. If you're sovereign, you got to be responsible. If you're a slave, you're irresponsible. If you're irresponsible, you're going to be a slave, right? Police are irresponsible, so they're slaves. Myself, I'm responsible, therefore I'm sovereign. Vice versa, you get that, right? So, certificate of competency to operate and travel in light vehicles. So, when dealing with the road, we've got three different words. Drive, motor vehicle, road. So I was looking into that because I thought they were, were all dirty words. Drive, vehicle and road, right? I thought that was all their legislation and that they, had, uh, what do you call it? Legal terms. What, what, what's another word? Um, legal, legalese. I thought all of them had legalese. But it seems like, really, it's just driver. Driver is a commercial term. You never want to be a driver, right? But calling uh, the cars vehicles and the road a road, that actually seems to be okay from what I know so far. I might be mistaken, but that seems to be okay because a vehicle is just, you know, anything that has wheels and can move, right? Or anything that is used for transportation is considered a vehicle. The other group who are playing a role in introducing this set of beliefs are the guys in Canberra. Initially, they didn't really demonstrate any of the normal magic words, but when Kane and Alana moved into the car park, things began to change. Kane was at Makada, so he had some of it down pat. Lots of where's your jurisdiction stuff, show us your deeds and titles. And soon it began to permeate through the whole group. This is what I did want to say. And unfortunately, we can't get these in there because they keep dropping the, dropping the charges. But once we charge them, we can sort of ask similar questions where they can't just be dropped. So I want to start with, I'm the living breathing man. Kane, could you get to confirm that I'm alive and well? And I want to go on to say, now in the statement of facts it says the place that this incident took place is land occupied and operated by the Australian Capital Territory and is therefore government land. That's what it says in the statement of facts. Now I want to say, how can this be true when it is known and accepted that the, the Garrigo people have occupied and operated this land for thousands of years, this making it the Garrigo land? They're saying that this land has not been occupied and operated by the Nagarigo people. Or are you saying that this land was properly acquired off the Nagarigo people? If it being the latter, we're now asked to see the proof of when and how the Australian Capital Territory and Government received this land from the Nagarigo people. This is a simple request to see the deeds and titles and receipts of purchase of the land in question and the transaction that took place. Now this being a charge relating to ownership of land, we cannot move forward on this matter until this proof of land transfer has been provided. So it was a simple thing they wrote this morning that I wanted to say, but they dropped the charges and you don't ever get to ask them these questions. But it has really stepped up a notch with Lieutenant Dan deciding to try it on for size during his recent court appearance. Thank you. Matter of Daniel Vincent. May I please call it next to prosecute that matter? Okay. You ready to proceed? Yes, Your Honour. Okay, Mr Vincent. Mr Vincent. I am Daniel Peter. Living man. Hello. Yes, good afternoon. Are you going to come to the, the bar table? I'll stand here in my ground and speak to you as a living man. Okay. Do you plan to participate in the court proceedings? I wish to establish that I am a living being. The flesh lives and the blood flows and we are sovereign and nothing stands between myself and the divine. I will stand right here. 
During that appearance, Dan arrested the magistrate. A couple of his supporters were arrested and charged with contempt, and Dan added a contempt charge to his assault police case. This daily life that Dan does from the car park is now full of talk of corrupt courts, illegitimate crowns, the fake Queen of Australia, and the YouTube chat box is increasingly I do not consent type speak. I'm not sure how many of them are actually doing the work to understand any of how all of this works. Like, I don't think they'll really studied glue, spears, or colourton. And I do foresee a lot of people being pulled out of their cars as a result. Excuse me, what? You do not need to be swerving a vehicle for us. You need probable cause. Okay, you were the driver of a vehicle on a New South Wales road. Okay, okay? vehicle and vehicle. Road, listen to me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Under the Chicago Stars Manual. Okay, now, hang on, no, 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 no I'm not going to listen to you. Under, Under the, the Chicago Stars Manual, a vehicle is where the word in English car has been converted into vehicle. You're registered to the United States Securities and Exchange Commission. We're in excuse me, excuse We're in me, excuse me. The last group we're going to talk about are those who exist in the orbit of First Nations people who also have their own version of these beliefs. This is a collection of people, sometimes aligned to groups, sometimes not who at times appropriate culture, who talk of ceremony and sometimes even call themselves lawmen, L-O-R-E, lawmen. For my own safety, you are going to handcuff me. I'm standing here without, any, without anything at all in your way. Thank you. Can you please take me down to your station to formally charge me with evidence of national sovereignty? Okay? You hear that, everybody? They are going to formally produce evidence of national sovereignty. Okay, or well, they're going to release me immediately because they have no jurisdiction on this land. That's right. That was the arrest of Dylan Didge Wilson at Old Parliament House. Dylan is part of the People's Treaty, a loose conglomerate of folk who all talk about lack of jurisdiction and who contributed to their idea of how Australia should be. Jack and Joel went through the entire document for Patreon members, but each one of the many, many ideas start with, it is my will. Ditch played a key role at Makada, along with others from his group, constantly filming and running education sessions. Here's Ditch again after his arrest that day with his view on why the police wouldn't charge him with starting the fire. The real reason he wasn't charged is because he didn't start the fire. Now, with what's just happened for myself personally, um, I've taken responsibility for this entire event, the insurgency, the fire, all of it, yet the system is refusing to acknowledge my admissions. Um, they won't allow me to take that responsibility because sedition being such a high crime and treason, um, they would be forced to provide evidence of a national sovereignty before I could be formally charged. And because they have no evidence of a national sovereignty, it's impossible to formally charge me with sedition. So that's exactly why I will continue to be seditious and I will do exactly what I want to do in terms of standing up for these nations. And I'm not at all worried about any recourse they might attempt. At times, it was an uneasy relationship between them and Buddy Shillingsworth, though. Here's an example of, of that. Just make sure you get the right story. Stop telling lies, because you're tipping into the pockets of this mob. Tell the right story. Stop holding the right story. Sister, I can't have you here telling me what to say. I'm original people from this land. I have the responsibility. 
responsibility to ensure the safety of this mob, not you, us. Because we've been here for 80,000 years. We're going to be here for another 80,000. You had the role and responsibility to change this government. But now we're here to change it. So don't tell me to stop. I had enough. I can feel the pain of everyone here today. I can feel your pain. This is why I've travelled 900 kilometres to be here at the gate of this mob. Because I'm sick of it, I know you're sick of it. Solange Goods is another person who moves on the periphery of First Nations. In fact, Solly had some input into the People's Treaty Hollis 100. She may be familiar to some of you from the incident at the Freedom Farm at Sandy Creek, where police attempted to gain entry to do a firearms check back in September of 2021. There were bizarre and erratic scenes outside in Elizabeth Court as supporters gathered for a woman charged after yesterday's raid on a so-called freedom farm in Adelaide's north. They waited most of the day for her case to be heard, only to be told she's staying behind bars for the rest of the year. Anger and emotion outside court. No, they're pedos. And we've got it all, you f***wits. Solange Good's husband, irate, hearing his wife will stay behind bars until January. Let's burn the Good supporters stationed outside Elizabeth Magistrate's court all day, waiting for her case to be heard. She's charged with threatening to cause harm to five officers, hindering police and assaulting an emergency service worker when police moved in, raiding her so-called freedom farm in Sandy Creek. There was no assault on police, there was no resisting arrests, and what they'd done to us was f***ing ridiculous. She has no hate in her heart for people. She wants the best for souls and humanity. But it was a brief hearing, Goods refusing legal help. Miss Goods didn't appear at the hearing, but the court heard it was her choice. The magistrate said her behaviour created a situation in the cells and the people who'd be bringing her to court felt as though they'd be placing themselves in danger. Yesterday, Star Group officers swooped on the couple's farm after they allegedly turned away other officers who'd asked to check guns on the property. Goods posting this recording online in the moments afterwards. We don't want to be at war, but warn your colleagues. If, you know, if they send in the big guns, we will defend ourselves because we're not going to hand ourselves over to people we do not trust that work for pedophiles. That prompted a full-scale response which ended with her being arrested, along with her partner who's been charged but bailed. 13 guns seized from the property, which bears signs proclaiming its sovereign territory, protected by a divine right. From inside, Goods shares her conspiracy theories in videos and blogs. And the sooner we wake up to the truth, the sooner we can all be actually free Tonight, she's confined to a jail cell. Oliver Haig, Nine News. Solly was released on bail. However, she didn't attend her magistrate's hearing, so a warrant was then issued for her arrest. The next clip is Solly talking to a local news reporter standing at her front gate. So, man, you've got these serious aggravated assault charges against you. How do you... Based on what? Where's the evidence? Until you go to court. No, no, they can, they can publish that evidence. They no, have they my permission. Because it's before a court. 
Well, it's and, a fraud court. And you can, you can have your say in court if you turn They can up come to, court. to the Bora court. You, you can have your say in no, court. No, no, they can come to, to a court up. of people that I trust. The people that I know well, are honest. It's not a recognised court. Recognised by who? Well, the law of the land. Oh, no, that's, that's incorrect. Their court is not recognised the by the law of the land. Constitution, the law of the Australian Constitution. So that's not that has no has no um, legitimacy here because the sovereign First Nations never ceded their sovereignty. So that's right. the Constitution and the Commonwealth never had. Where is this going to end? How do you see this ending? Well, hopefully, people will wake up and in you. peace. That's what we want: the People's Peace Alliance. So that's us coming together with our elders, original elders and lawmen and lawwomen to actually sit down, we the people, and make a plan, a peaceful plan for ourselves for how do we actually turn this all around and end all these crimes against our community, end the COVID fraud, end the 233 years of genocidal occupation, end mm. the child trafficking, end the human trafficking, you know, actually make things good for human beings. Mm. So Solly has spent some time recently in hospital and is currently living in a borrowed camper van and has become estranged from her family. It's such a sad situation. Um, she's making some very serious claims about her ex-partner and her children. It's, look, it's it's distressing to to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, she is still maintaining her connections with some First Nations people in South Australia where she's located and you know, I'm hopeful that that Solly can find whatever piece it is that that she's looking for. But it, you know, it's 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 hard to watch. And she does continue to make videos. And unfortunately, she did make the news again recently with her views on the Queensland police shootings. Um, she says that she's protected under international law. Like I say, it's it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. They're trying to maintain their false claims to jurisdiction over me, which they don't have. And I discussed that with the magistrate again today, that they've been asked to provide evidence of lawful sovereignty, which they failed to do. They have no jurisdiction. I'm a free woman protected by the, the real sovereign law holders here in Ghana Nation and under international law. And there are many other examples in this group, people like Tanya Morgana, Nate from the Higher Light Official, Cameron Hewitt, who blend the language that we're talking about in with First Nations sovereignty. If you want to understand this topic a bit more, we recommend viewing Tom Tanaki's video where he actually discusses this point with both Leah House and Broxley Foley. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes for you. So, so driving's a commercial term, isn't it? So I'm travelling. So I don't show? even need that. You are driving. What's travelling? What am I? What am I being paid for to do? Really? Have you never looked up the really? definition yeah. of driver? You're enforcing. Oh, yeah, please, please. You, you, you're, you're coming you're just, across you, as a little bit. You're coming across as a bit ignorant. Well, obviously, you're much more learned than I am on some okay. things. Yeah, on a lot okay. of things, I'm ignorant. That's great. Completely the ignorant. thing is. I've been doing this for 30 years. Doesn't mean you're doing it right. You're absolutely correct. Absolutely. And, I'll, and I stand to be corrected. But you know what? For 30 years, I've taken people like yourself to court. Yeah. And I'm the one who walks out and you're the one who gets... And what happens when I prove and I stand that you're corrected? Pardon? What happens if I cannot prove it and then you're staying corrected? You'll still go and do the same thing the next... What if, what, if, what if I prove 
that you're wrong, will you still continue to do the same things? It hasn't happened yet. When, so when I we do, I'm doing it right. Okay. Right until then. So we've spoken about a lot of different people today, and whilst a couple of them have drawn rightful attention from the police, on the whole, they go about their daily lives within some boundaries. They participate in legal frameworks. They don't agree with them, but for the most part, they do show up in court. And I do think we need to be careful when we classify people, whether it be cooker or soft sit. It can be counterproductive when you are trying to see the nuances in different groups of people or their behaviors. I mean, I get it. Yeah, they can be really frustrating and outrageous, but we actually don't gain anything by dismissing them. In fact, we kind of chase them sometimes into the open arms of groups that aren't so easy to keep an eye on. To be honest, we have barely scratched the surface on this. There are so many other people and groups that circle around this space. Groups like TAP and My Place, who are very much indoctrinating themselves into the common law scene and who are incredibly focused on local councils, which is weird given they think they are illegal and want to create their own version of pretty much the same thing. <laughs> mm. And I think it's wild how all the different bits and pieces of conspiracy theories are now all headed into this common law space, which is not good at all, mainly because these people who don't actually do any research and all they do is see a video and hear a story and they're going to end up getting themselves in real trouble. Like the more they don't pay their fines and their mortgages and their council rates, like in two years, this is going to catch up with a whole lot of people. Yeah, eventually real life has to catch up. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's not all funny video roadside pullovers. This has the potential to send people well down the garden path and do nothing to improve their situation. Here's hoping that the recent news coverage at least arms people with knowledge to hopefully avoid getting suckered in. Okay, it's time for a bit of an update. This time, Sandy's going to give an update on what happened in the new year in Langwarren and my place, Frankston. Ah, yeah. So this was a little bit of an interesting story. So I'm going to do the update this this episode. So Darren, part of the part of the my place strategy or modus of operat or whatever that word, MO, is to basically what they want to do is they want to jump on community issues, legitimate community issues, and in an effort to get out in the community and recruit from that. We saw we spoke about this briefly in our episode when we talked about them, how they jumped on the Ollie's van issue mm. and the and the traffic light issue and the homeless issue. This is what they do. So the beginning of January a notice comes up in my place, Frankston, by Darren saying, hey, guys, first campaign of the year. There's locals in the in Langwarren. There's a reservation uh, reserve, which has got a park, and they want to put a daycare centre in there. No, sorry, I keep saying daycare centre, but it's not. It's a child early education centre, like yeah. a kinder. And I think it's actually a bush one, Sandy. I actually went and had a look at it. So, they actually want, it's going to be like a groundbreaking idea whereby yeah. they teach the children that are there how to interact and learn in the bush. Yeah, that's right. So the way, yeah, the way that it's all planned out and zoned is that like they'll only take 20% of it for mm. the building and leave all the established trees and it's going to be car park. Anyway, so the locals have this issue though that they don't want they don't want it to be built on. Um, I have a theory around the people in my place, Frankston, that I do know that a few of them have issue with kinders <laughs> because 
they don't they think that you know mainstream is uh kinders are a way of indoctrinating yeah. our children into the whole work agenda and they have fears yeah. around that so i do know some of them and there were a couple of comments where they were like yeah we don't like kinders yeah so that that's a whole other thing but the locals did have this legitimate concern of theirs so they've reached out to my place well look, actually a members of my place started um a group called the Lang Warren Reserve, Save Our Reserve. And de- with, together with Darren, they pulled a bunch of people to have a protest. So they all get together and Herald Sun published this photo. And in the background, you've got about 150 people that have rocked up. And at the front are three people. On the left is Jason, who organised this group, who was also a member of my place. Then you have, in the middle, Deputy Mayor Liam Hughes, Deputy Mayor of, sorry, of the Frankston Council, Liam Hughes, and beside it is Darren, right? But the troubling thing when we, when I first saw this, and because Darren had posted it to his My Place groups, was under the caption of that picture, it had Deputy Mayor Liam Hughes and Mayor of the People's Council, Darren Bergworth. <laughs> I died when you when you let me know about that. I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Yeah, that's right. Like it just, as you even said, there, sauce. It lends him legitimacy. Absolutely. Oh, he all he has to do is say it was published that I am the mayor of the People's Council, which means that it's now legitimate, it's real, and I'm going to go. I'm going to run with it. Unbelievable. So we brought that to the attention of the journalist and it was thankfully redacted, which is good. And then we got the attention of Cameron Wilson, who is a friend of ours journalist who loves to write about this stuff. And he decided he was going to write the story about what was going on with Darren, basically hijacking this protest that was happening in Lang Warren. So out comes an article on, uh, on that. The funny thing to me was that after that had been happened, so we kind of squashed Darren's dream of being published in the Herald Sun by having that one redacted. He was bragging that they were going to have Nine News come out and interview them. So Jason, who was running it, was out of town. So Darren's like, that's okay, guys. I've got it. I'll go down there and um, I'll speak with the Nine News. Anyway, we had warned don't don't interview him. Don't interview him. Don't platform him in any way. He's not part of it. He just wants to recruit people from it. Leave him out of it. And they did. They left it to the locals to have their say about their concerns. That's fine. I absolutely, I actually have no issue with the community having an issue Correct. with something that's going on in their on their street. That's totally fine. Darren got booted from the Nine News. He didn't make the final cut, which is great. But later on, Darren, so to further prove my point that he wanted to recruit, I found a comment from an admin saying that she had spoken with Darren and that they were going to set up a table with information to sign people up to the People's Council. And then afterwards, Darren jumps on Carl Leibold's show and starts bragging that he recruited apparently 20 people to his right. to his council. So he's, it is... A hundred percent. That is what they're doing. Correct. That is their plan. And I think the thing that I was like, I really appreciate the one work that Cam Wilson does on this. 
you know, we, we send things Cam's way and sometimes there's not a story in it. Sometimes just because we think it's a story doesn't mean it is a story. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just something that really shits us. But, you know, Cam did a lot of work around this. He went and looked at all the posts, all the information that we sent him. And absolutely, this is their strategy. But for me, the strangest thing was the article that the deputy mayor then put out afterwards. Right. <laughs> not going yes, we have a real problem with this people's council and they keep showing up to our council meetings and it's certainly not something that, you know, we're totally great with. Instead of that, he was like, hey, leave them alone. Yeah. <laughs> They're nice people. They're welcome to have their views. No, no. <laughs> like, Sure, if they are legitimately concerned about the kindermate, but they're not. No, they're not at like, all. That's not their strategy. They want to bring people in to introduce them to this common law strategy that will ultimately only lead people to potentially losing their homes, getting arrested, having fines, and it's all unnecessary, all for nothing. This is It's all made up. This is adult playtime. And I would just like to point out that his little mate, Spiros, Right. Was recently on a three-hour uh, Zoom chat with exclusively common law aficionados actively saying that down their plan, down the track, is once they get the council set up, he will then find 100 property owners within his council. So once he's got 100 people signed up to their council who own their properties, it is their belief that they can then appoint a sheriff. And that sheriff can deputize as many people as they want. And in this live, he said, so if the police come to your door with six cops, you would just message the sheriff and we'll show up with 30 people. Right. So, and Darren was with these, was also talking to these same people recently as well. Correct. So this isn't just a benign little group of nanas doing their little markets and their communities. And you've heard it here first, guys. Sauce and I are sounding the alarm on this one, all right? If this continues, this is going to lead down a path that we fear is going to be bad. This is problematic. But, you know, and it was just incredibly disappointing. Like, the deputy mayor, certainly we're not saying should be coming out and going, wow, they're bad people, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, he definitely yeah. shouldn't be saying yeah. that. He most certainly should be saying it is very important that people who are attending community protests are actually bought into the issue that they have a problem with. We do know that there is a group of people who are claiming to be an alternate council. That is most certainly not the case. It is something that we're continuing to monitor, blah, 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 blah. And that it's not legitimate and that they don't stand by it, they don't endorse not it or guys anything. <laughs> writing articles about them, they're really nice people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello, this is Sandy jumping into your ears post-recording. Soss and I feel a little bit more context is important on this matter, so we are going to include a segment of this public conversation between Spiros, Stephen, Jackie Dundee, and an anonymous caller who goes by the name of Rocket. We will pop this at the end of this episode, which will be worth hanging around to listen to in full. It goes for around 10 minutes, but they discuss recent counter-terrorism efforts made towards groups like theirs, and then go on to explain how they can combat it. 
As Sos mentioned here, Spiros goes on to explain how they can use communities like MyPlace to achieve this goal. Please note though, when they mention doing things lawfully, they mean according to their interpretation of the laws, and that can be murky and a slippery slope. We can only hope that the majority of these people dismiss Spiros's ideas, just as Jackie Dundee pushed back a little bit here. Or perhaps infighting will occur and maybe some intervention from authorities will keep this plan from eventuating into reality. Whilst we believe most pseudo-legal adherents are benign, brainwashed and just a nuisance to courts with their paper terrorism, the fact these ideas are discussed openly, publicly and being sold to these groups is concerning because what are they discussing behind closed doors? And we think it's a little bit sus. How do you feel about being called a tinfoil hat category? I know how I feel about it, especially when I got dozens of freaking recordings to tell you that I'm not wearing no tinfoil hat. If they call you a tinfoil hat wearer, say, oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I- I'm sure you have really nice hats at your house. Okay, so this is the part of the episode where Sauce and I get to share a random tinfoil tale and this week Sauce will go first. Okay, so I have shared a clip with Sandy and she's going to have a look at it now and then I'll talk a little bit about why I picked this clip for this week. Get out of the sense of ownership. You don't own anything, you're lucky to own yourself. You don't own yourself. Stop giving away your physical right to something that doesn't exist. Stop selling your soul. Because what are you going to say to your future generations? What side of history did you stand on? Brother boy there, 14093, you're going to say to your children and your children's children that you stood between the fence and the Prime Minister of the original people. That's what you're going to say. Yeah, so here we've got Buddy Shillingsworth. Yeah, so the the clip today is a little bit what we were talking about. So it's a clip back from Canberra. It's the day that Buddy went to the lodge, I believe, and is, you know, he declares himself the Prime Minister of Australia, I think at some point during that that day. I'm not sure if it's in this clip. But the reason that I picked it, it gives a really clear picture of what I was talking about, these people that are existing around the periphery of genuine First Nation sovereignty and filling it up with, you know, birth canals and birthing and ships and magistrates. And you can physically actually see it in this clip. He is standing there and there's a semicircle of people behind him and he gets one of the words wrong and they laugh and they correct him. And I think it just visually, it's just a really good clip to show what these people are doing. They are circling around real issues and we're seeing them doing it again at the moment with the Pilaga, which is a real issue. Yes. Yet yes. all of a sudden people like Jackie Dundee are squirreling their way in there with their pseudo legal views on legitimate issues. And it is a real problem. I also saw Cindy, again from Canberra, standing next to 
Violet Coco, when she's standing on the steps about to go into court around her charges for the extinction protest. And that just makes me go, oh dear. Yeah. Also speaking about the like the mobs, the indigenous mobs, um, many of them find this so, so offensive. Oh, absolutely. It's just wrong on so many mm. levels. But I think it just shows you that the people, a lot of the people that we've spoken about today, like I say, they've been around for a long time. They're not new. A little bit like when we were talking about the anti-vax thing, yeah? Yeah. The anti-vaxxers saw an opportunity and they jumped straight in there and they found a whole new set of customers. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Anti-government legal guys sentiment. are doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. They're circling around looking for openings and when they see the opening, they're in there. That's right. Yes, they are. Okay. And now I'm going to share a clip with Sauce. This is actually kind of on the same topic. It's pretty funny, I reckon. Just as a completely random aside, I just opened Facebook because I need to, to pick up Sandy's thing. And there's a post from Johnny Q. And it says, Dear Australia, and it's from YouTube, and it's Stephen Spears. Like, I'm looking at <laughs> Stephen Spears right now. What would be the chances of that? What would be the actual chances of that? That is great. Okay, I will look at this, and and then we'll have a chat. I, I think the thing to notice about this one is that the legal document is a doormat. <laughs> <laughs> Good hey, dude, what does that say? Says come back with a warrant. Do you have one? No, but I don't need one to be in your front door. Of course you do. It's my property. It's my private property. Yeah, we've got implied consent. Either way. No, you don't. Anthony Lubchenko. You have no. You. you have no implied consent. Take it if you don't want it. That's fine. I'll leave it to you. What? What? What is it? What, don't don't dump that litter in my house. You come here past midnight. What is this? So we've got information that you might be one of the protest organisers tomorrow. That's just a list of rules about all the protests. What's your name? My name's Tim Reynolds. I'm a sergeant at Narrowarm Police. What's your name? Paul Cummins, constable at Narrowarm. How dare, how dare you step on my property without a search warrant at this time of night and dump, and dump this trash in my house? So, just be aware that if you do turn up to a protest tomorrow, you'll be committing an offence for breaching the charity directions and you'll probably be charged in relation to it if you turn up on the Under protest. what law? By who? By the police. The police have no authority under the Public Health and Wellbeing Act. Yeah, we do. No, you don't. You you authorise officers. Do, do you want to read the act to me right now? Section 199203 that you issue fines under? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm an authorised officer. No, you're not, because the Public Administration Act explicitly prohibits Victoria Police from being authorised officers. Where's your documentation saying you're an authorised officer? Um, so, Timothy Reynolds, Sergeant, authorised officer. Under the public health and well-being, that's not an authorised officer. Yeah, it is. Health and human services. There you go. Hmm. And you're a police officer. I certainly am. Interesting. Yeah. Doesn't, that doesn't, that's not how the act works. That seems to be an unlawful document. Well, actually, well, let's go to the back of this document, yeah. actually. Let's have a look at that one. So the person whose name and photograph is on this card is an authorised officer under Section 30 of the Public and Health and Wellbeing Act. Okay, then I'll... Then, okay, thank you for establishing that, if that's the case. Right. Do you have a public health order or a biosecurity order with my name on it? No, I don't at all. And it's a I, goodbye. No, am I charging with anything? No, no, I'm not. Am I informing you that if you turn up to a public protest tomorrow, that you could be charged? But, yes, how, okay, well, under what law am I being stopped from doing so, if I, if I decided to? 
If you'd like to refer to that documentation there, it explains the whole lot. That's a letter from my assistant commissioner. Fantastic, but do you have a public health order with my name on it? That's also part of the Public Health and Wellbeing Act. Me, personally, I do not have an order with your name on it. Okay. I don't need one. This is just for information. You do do need one, but how dare you step on my property without a search warrant? (laughs) Okay. I mean, Disney, you said, as it says, come back with a warrant. You have no warrants. You are enforcing directives which you have no authority to do so. The Public Administration Act prohibits police officers from being authorized officers. That document is not a, that that card is not a legal card. It's been issued illegally. So you're saying this is an illegal card? That is in, that is an illegal card, and you are you are impersonating an authorized officer. Are you also aware that your doormat isn't a legal document either? It's my property. I can have whatever I want. My property. Yeah. Okay. How dare you? <laughs> oh my god! No one does righteous Karen energy like Anthony Lave. I love that video when the guy. Interesting. His card and goes, hmm. Hang on. <laughs> and then lets him go, and he's like, hang on. Turns it over and shines the torch to show him that he is. <laughs> Lave goes, hmm, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I think, though, that proves my point, how this tiny little bit of knowledge that you can just, the fact that they all believe that you need a warrant. Yes. As well, but you actually don't need a warrant for everything. And the Um, the act that stated that in order to force somebody to take a PCR or whatever, it has to be a order in their name. Monica right. Smith spread that one around to right. say that, well, they can't lock us down because we all need to be individually um, given a letter yeah. with our names, but which is actually totally wrong, but they it's, it's wrong. just this whole, like, I don't understand. Like, we've got this whole group of people that now just believe everyone owes them, like, an explanation or a something. I saw a video the other day, and it was from one of Tammy Jane's friends, Steph, and she was <laughs> she was at Woolies, and was going through the self-service or going through, no, she was actually going through the register. And then for some reason, something got her go up and she asked to speak to the manager and she was talking about the self-service registers and how they should all be removed. Oh, right. Um, and, yeah, and the, the guy's like, like, okay, no worries. <laughs> and the woman, the girl who's doing the, uh, registers like are you going to pay for your shopping and she's like no 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 I don't want it but then she's like I pay your wages uh, it's like but you don't love Woolworths pays her wages yeah, that's it. You, don't pay her wages. you don't have to shop there you go somewhere else sure, indirectly they need you shopping there in order to you know turn a profit but like what gives you the right to go into private businesses yeah. and just start yelling at people I pay your wages so the rude. Canberra guys did it the other day as well. They're shouting at people inside Seven Prime in Canberra, <laughs> like we pay your wages, and it's like, but you don't though. <laughs> yeah, it's just so rude. They're, and I, I find these interactions that they have with the police so cringeworthy. Like I just feel really, yeah. really uncomfortable with it. And um, yeah, this is a great example. Here was somebody who thought he was smarter than the police. He's not. Yep. He just got his head filled with some stupid shit. And now that's out there for everyone to see because I'm going to share it and I'm sharing it everywhere. And I hope Anthony sees that it's – I'm not letting him live this down. Sorry, Anthony, but you look like a dickhead. And you deserve it. Sorry, Um, but you got done. You got got fooled. What a fool. Anyway, hope you guys all enjoyed 
reminiscing that one. That was actually from a I while back. I absolutely enjoyed it. The more mocking of Anthony Wave, <laughs> I am here for it. Little, I am absolutely here for it. He's the Karen of the movement. <laughs> Okay, so hopefully you enjoyed this episode, a little journey into the realm of, of common law. Like I said, we there's so much, so much we didn't cover and so many people we didn't talk about, but it was a start at least. Yeah, it was great. And I would like to thank Celery Sorbet on Twitter for all of the insight into Solange. Yeah, she does wonderful work in there in that space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And very caring. I also want to just also mention, you know, yeah. Salary has um, spoken to us about her real concern for Sol- mm. for Solange. She definitely uh, has a bleeding heart for these people. Solange definitely has people on our side. Look, we're not here to mock, mock her at all. Um, we really, really hope she gets, you know, um, we just want to see her in a, in, a, in a better place, genuinely, genuinely. So, yeah, thank you, Salary, yeah. for keeping us up to date with what's going on with, with Solange. Mm. And to the freest freedom and all of freest dad, <laughs> uh, for all things Sandy Crack. Yes. And anything to do with what's happening in WA. We're trying to get them to collaborate with us to maybe do yes. something focused on Western Australia. Yeah. I would like to dedicate this episode to a past fallen comrade yeah <laughs> when i say fallen just means no longer available to us on twitter and i really hope that thoughtless deed is listening to our podcast yeah. and i really hope that thoughtless deed <laughs> listens to this one because massive fan of sheriffs <laughs> yeah sheriff d um so if you're listening thoughtless deed hello from us yeah we miss you <laughs> we miss you and I would like to thank Sauce for all the work she did on this one. I think it took you weeks, took you months. It did. Um, um, a month. Like, yeah, you took the reins on this one while I got to touch some grass and focused on my family during the school holidays because that's always fun. And, uh, you know, her knowledge in this area is second to none. Having kept up to date with all the groups, Soz knows everything that's going on. She is the queen of the common law movement, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> There's so much I don't know, though, Sandy. That was the that was the thing for me. Was wow. There's way way more arms and tentacles to this than than I thought. There and was, I have but... no doubt that you'll be going down further rabbit holes and having a look oh, at this I know, stuff. I know. I know. I don't have the bandwidth for it, but you know. I'll find it. That's what we do. We'll just park something else to, to have a look at this. <laughs> yeah. So you can follow us on, uh, follow Sauce on Twitter at Sauce149 and Sunny Sandy L. That's Sandy with two E's. We hope you enjoyed this one. Talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, now so Jackie, I'll leave you unmuted, but we've got a, um, a question from uh, Rocket. Or if you could go ahead, please, Rocket. Or... Good evening, all Spiros, Jackie, Steve, and the rest. Um, just a question on these new laws that are supposedly coming in for uh, domestic terrorism, for virtually all of us talking about what we're talking about. Where do we stand with that as a sovereign citizen, they're saying? They can so, stick them up their ass because I'm not a sovereign citizen. 
and they'll make, up any, they'll make up any shit they want to to try and get rid of people that are going to expose the truth. So their legislation's got no more validity than anything else they've done. So what, what do we do when we go to court and, and let them charge us with being a sovereign citizen and then go and prove that we're not a sovereign citizen in court? Is that what we do? Well, I'm already in a 60-minute story from 13, 14 years ago showing I'm a sovereign citizen, so I'm stuck. <laughs> I'm Aboriginal, so I should be standing on the on the ground, I suppose. Well, but anyhow. I tell you, you know what you've got to realise? Like, we know a sovereign citizen is an oxymoron, all yeah. right? We know it's an oxymoron, but you've got to realise that they have a definition. Yeah. And their yeah. definition is somebody who claims to be free, sovereign and independent while taking handouts from the government. Because And that is an oxymoron, and that's why their definition of sovereign citizen for a lot of people is correct. So if you're receiving the doll and claiming you're a sovereign, you're not. No, um, well, like, I'm not receiving, I, I don't take handouts from the government. No, I, I don't either, but that's part yeah. of their thing. But they're just going to do it. Look, we know it's all a psyop. They're going to do whatever they can. They want you to shut up, stop doing stuff, just comply, go and get jabbed, march your family in, do that, get... You know, do get a good score on the social credit system and all the rest of it. So they're trying to bluff well, us, scare us, they, and they will take the number of us out. What we've got to start doing, in my opinion, is if they come for one, they come for all. Now, that's the Knights Templar. Where we go one, we go all, just for those people yep. who are following Trump and Q. Where we, go one, where, where we go one, we go all is the three musketeers, all for one and one for all, and that's the Knights Templar. All right, just for anybody who wants to have a look at that and see if you do want to go where we go when we go all. So yep. what we need to do, we need to be in support of each other more and if the police come for somebody, everybody's got to be there. And that's well, the they're, built, they're ripping down the Dairy Farmers Stadium towns, well, they've ripped it down, and they're building a police counterism, police counterism, terror counterism, are you center. talking about the, where the Queensland shooting was? No, no, in Townsville. In Townsville. Uh, oh, look. They're doing it everywhere. They're putting in barracks because they're bringing us under, they want to bring us under a dictatorship with military rule. So what they're doing is they're putting in all their posts, all their outposts for their military. But their military hmm. going to be wearing police uniform, whatever they want to wear, it doesn't matter. None of them are valid. And we've, we've really, all the people who, could go back to work and the, oh, the restrictions aren't there for COVID, those people need a slap, right? Because they've stopped. They think it's all right now and we knew that it's not. They're going to put a big pressure on that area in the public and then they're going to back off and people go, oh, everything's all right now. It's all good. And it's far from good, far from good. Actually, Stephen, I just had two wins in court against the police. Yes. Two discharges, uh, two mobile phone charges with video evidence and one public nuisance for no mask. Uh -huh. just got me brief of evidence, got it all together, and they just yeah, just discharged it. I think they were listening to our Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, they listen to everything. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind sharing that, because um, I've still got mine on the 6th of February. Well... If, I, if, not one bit of, I didn't do one bit of paperwork. There you go. Not um, one piece of paperwork. If, if I can say about that, going back to that thing about the police presence, um, one of the reasons why I've 
I've been out there campaigning to get our own mayors elected is, as I've said, once a mayor elected by the people of a suburb has 100 um, title holders, so landlords, registered in his council. So if he can rally up 100 people in the area that own property, so, so they've got to be on title. If their landlord's on title and he's once he's reached 100, he can appoint a sheriff and the sheriff can have as many deputies as he wants. What that means is in America, when this happened, they had something called Minutemen. So I'm just copying the past. I'm not inventing anything new. And what happens is this. Once a mayor, let's say Mayor Darren from Frankston, once he's got his 100, 100th um, uh, registered proprietor joining or signing on to his council, I mean, just has to sign on, you know, like a subscription, well, then he can appoint a sheriff. Well, that sheriff can go out and have deputies like a posse and he can simply say to 100 burly, strong, strapping young lads, when I call you, come to the address I text you to, you're all deputised sheriffs. So what happens is when you've got six burly corporate coppers rocking up to your house trying to give you grief, you call the mayor, the mayor calls the sheriff, the sheriff rallies the troops and 60 thinker Aussies rock up, all of you deputised, all of you the same power as the police instantly and now you're standing there with 60 and they've got six and that is how you win a war because that's how you win a street fight because that's how I did it when I was when we were kids. We didn't even have mobile phones. So we were able, when, you know, when there was a fight on, you knew and you made sure you had one guy more than they did because mm. it, was always a, it was always a matter of numbers and, and, a, and, a, and a close ex-Chief Justice friend of mine said, I said, what happens when the law, when the courts let me down? What happens when the courts abandon us? He says, Which well, then you go, to, you go to plan B. And I go, what's plan B? He said, have a bigger army. And I said, all oh, right, so, mm. so I better have a player B. He goes, you better have a player B because you may not win in the courts. You may get right up there and find out it's completely locked out to you. And I thought, shit and poop. If that happens, what do I do? What do we do when the courts abandon us? And the answer is, have your troops on the ground. We need mayors in every suburb who were elected by the people, who only listen to the people, take no instruction from above, they take instruction from below, and that's the way a community should be. And so that's why I say that, I mean, that's what we need. We need our communities back where everyone rallies together and helps each other out because there's strength in numbers. I mean, it's a, it's a simple solution, but what do you want me to say? There's strength in numbers. That's it. But you've got to be careful, Spiros, with the language that you use and everything else because that could be labelled as domestic terrorism. Well, and then you come what... out in your numbers and then they just come around everyone's house and pick you up one by one. I know, I know. Yeah, I know, I know. That's that's the problem you've got. They've they've written these bullshit acts. They're not even acts, but they've got the power of might, which is why I say to you, we need our own cops in every suburb so that when these six or seven guys come round thinking they can just bundle up an innocent person and take them off to Guantanamo, we need to have family needs to be there. You know, you couldn't do this in the olden days because we all had cousins and uncles and aunties I'm like, good luck trying to get any Greek out of his house. You have to ask politely. <laughs> That's how the cops used to work in our street. You have to ask politely, excuse me, you know, can your son come down to the police station? Otherwise, you had you had 100 Greeks, you know, rocking up saying, what do you think you're doing? Don't, 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 
because we all lived in the same suburb. I mean, I'm, I understand the game they're playing now. I know what, what's happening, guys. I'm not naive. I know they're bringing in cops who don't live here. They're bringing in people who aren't even Australian. I, I know all that shit that they're doing, but I'm still saying the solution is the same. We still need to have real human beings sticking up for each other in our own suburbs. Um, hopefully it never gets to the point where you've got to stand your ground, but otherwise they'll just pick, pick everybody off like flies.